Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Our kids live in a different world than we did, one where technology and electronics are an almost inevitable part of everyday life. Everywhere parents turn, they're faced with decisions about electronics, games, and toys, or tablet time. But are there reasons for optimism and hope with these ubiquitous digital devices? Today, we'll take a closer look at whether electronic games, toys, and tablets can actually work. I'm John O'Reill. This is Parent Savers. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your online, on-the-go support group for parents with infants and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks so much to all of our loyal listeners who join us every time a new episode is released, and also for those of you who continue these conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure to check out our Parent Savers app so you can listen to all of our episodes wherever you go, as soon as they're released. Weeks after the release, months, <laughs> even years it's like at this point. like a time capsule, really, even of years. all things parenting. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to some of the old episodes, you didn't even have the, the twins that, yet. I know, right. Yeah. And so check out the app. You can do it. And then there's a ton of ways you can interact with us now. And Sonny will tell us more about that. Okay. So, yes, we love to hear from our listeners. And we have some segments that you guys can participate in. And it's really easy to do so. So first, let me tell you about a couple of the segments you might like. Um, so we have one that is called Parenting Oops. And that's where we share our funny parenting stories. Stories, things that we've done, or I don't know, things that we did with our kids was pretty funny, or um, usually stuff that isn't really funny in the moment, but later you just have to laugh about it. It's kind of like, you know, medicine. And so um, we want to hear your stories and we'll share those with our audience. And um, we are always looking for parenting apps or apps, maybe I shouldn't call them parenting apps, apps that help you be a better right. parent, even if it's. Well, maybe you shouldn't say kid. apps that help you be a better parent either. Let's see. <laughs> what should it be then? Okay. Apps. That keep your kids busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, apps. Yeah. Maybe it is apps that help you be a better parent. Apps that are good uh, for you families. You know what I call it? I think I call it um, apps for new parents or something like that. So yeah. anyway. Um, so it could be something that kind of keeps your kiddo busy for a while or, you know, something that, that has helped you on your parenting journey. Could also be a tool so, that you guys use. Maybe it's a, a family organizer or something like that. Exactly. So if you have anything like that, give us a heads up and we'll chat about it on the show. Give it our own little thumbs up, thumbs down, new mommy media review. And let's see, what else? What else do we have? Oh, we've got a bunch of different experts that you can ask questions. Pretty much anyone that comes on the show as an expert is willing to ask or, sorry, answer questions. Um, so if you have any questions about parenting, which we all do and you're willing to admit, um, mm-hmm. there's a couple different ways you can submit. You can go to our website at newmommymedia.com, click on the contact link, and you could type it all out in an email to us. Or um, what I prefer you do is to call us on our voicemail, which is 
919-866-4775. No one's actually going to pick up. It'll go straight to voicemail. And I know, right? <laughs> don't have any interaction with anybody. <laughs> and so I'll just take the message and I'll, I'll um, put it in an upcoming episode so people can hear your lovely voice instead of Jonner and I, which they hear constantly. Not lovely. <laughs> Not mine. Yours is sunny. Oh, my, thanks. My. Yeah. Oh, so. All right. Go. All right. Well, yeah. So um, thank you for going through all that. And yeah. thank you all for interacting with us in various ways. Um, so today we're actually talking about electronic toys, games, and tablets. To introduce uh, our guest, uh, Andrew Greenberg is joining us on the phone. Andrew is the executive director of the Georgia Game Developers Association and the director of the Southern Interactive Entertainment and Game Expo. He's been in the video game industry for a long time, so he's familiar with a lot of issues that pertain to it. And probably most importantly for our audience, has, has a new five-month-old. Yeah. So you're not getting any sleep, right, Andrew? <laughs> sleep? I didn't get that beforehand. <laughs> oh, what sleep? Nice. Well, welcome to the show. We're looking forward to the conversation. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, today on Parent Savers, we're going to take a look at an app uh, that we might think be good, will be good for you or your family. We try to look at apps that are good for families with young kids, because um, that's who you guys are that are listening to our show. Wouldn't make sense if we were doing stuff for senior citizens. No, not really. Uh, so today we've got an app called Gigglebug, and I think this app is really cool. Now, it's a, it's an app that's two ninety nine, so that's $3. Um, it's from Gigglebug Entertainment is the publisher. And so there you can hear it. It wants me to tickle the grumpy owl. So it's it's decorated like a storybook. <laughs> Really unique art style. And really simple motion. <laughs> Are you tickling an owl? I'm tickling an owl. <laughs> and I've got to find the right tickle spot. There's a blue tickle spot. If it's red, that's not the right tickle spot. Oh. There's purple then. Him and his friend are getting really happy. And it's funny. <laughs> and it's funny to like tickle animals. Yeah. And so I'm just rubbing back and forth. You can also just touch them. And now you're filling up their balloons. And so once you fill up their three balloons... They start laughing hysterically. <laughs> so what do the balloons represent? It's just like, you tickling them and it gets to like a certain point and then it's – Yeah, I think that the balloons probably represent two things. One very – for a kid and one for a grown-up. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll turn this off so we don't <laughs> so have to hear it right now. Hear it. Um, and for the kids, I think it just represents what they have to fill. It gives them a goal. Yeah. And so it, the, the color of your tickles is filling up the different colored balloons. And you find the three different tickle spots. It fills up the balloons. I think for the grown-ups – and maybe I'm being way, reading way too much into this, but it sort of is like uh, have you, like fill your bucket, the whole thing where like if you make other people feel good, it fills oh, their bucket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. fills your bucket too. And so making these other creatures feel good and finding their tickle spot is a way to sort of I think build uh, compassion in a way to – maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, but there's a little story with each one and before you meet each creature, you hear about how they're really down. And it's a really beautiful art style. It's like a really cool interactive, almost like old Winnie the Pooh cartoon Oh yeah, is okay. what it reminds me of. Um, so I think, I think it's really cool and I think that families w- would check it out. There might be some that think 
$3 is too much to spend. There's some that think that that's not a big deal at all. I think that's the biggest barrier for this one is the $3 price point, which in the crazy app economy is like, oh, my God, that's really expensive. Yes. But if you think about it for a toy – it's not. That I know. Much. What would you spend for a right. physical toy? And if you Amazing. used it just a few times, like you would, you would spend it. So I think three dollars. Gigglebug from Gigglebug Entertainment. I think it was. Yeah, Gigglebug Entertainment. It's really cute. There's also a companion app I think called Giggle Tree, and I haven't tried that one out. Maybe we'll have to check that one out on a future <laughs> show. This totally reminds me of uh, Monsters Inc. When they fill up their little laugh things, their laugh canisters, oh, and that's then right. you can power all of Monstropolis. Yes. with it. This that- is totally what this reminds me. <laughs> yeah. of. So yeah, you can power your day with the Gigglebug laughter, right? <laughs> right. And yeah, and, I mean, certainly someone a, di- a different app might be catching the screen and stuff now and i mean and i think listen i think we probably have to mention that so I, and sonny was giggling about it a little bit like the concept of like finding tickle spots on animals yeah. could be a little bit uncomfortable but it's really well done yeah. it's easy it's cute and kids are just gonna love touching these animals okay it doesn't sound that <laughs> they're gonna love making these animals laugh laugh and fill yes. their and fill their balloons and power monstropolis <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is a subject, um, electronics, toys, games, and tablets that, you know, as, as we were saying at the kickoff, that it's sort of a ubiquitous world now that it's it's kind of hard for parents to not be faced with these decisions. And I think what a lot of people are wondering is, you know, do these things actually work? Can they be a positive? A lot of the tendency might be to view them as a negative. I know that I come across a lot of parents, especially first-time parents, going through it for the first time, that are pretty fearful and really protective about their kids and technology, tablets, toys, uh, that kind of thing. And so, Andrew, I mean, what kind of experience have you seen, especially being a dad of a young uh, kid? And then, like, what are you seeing kids using these days? Well, the, the comparisons, I think, go back to technology for years. When I was a young nerd on my computer at home, there certainly people who had their concerns about that. Uh, what are these kids doing locked away in their basements, not realizing even then we were talking to each other on BBSs right. <laughs> uh, long before the Facebook days. So there's certainly been the concerns about technology. So. Uh, I'm taking it for granted that your children were not born with the technology implanted like mine was. <laughs> but uh, hopefully next century or so we'll have everybody born with all the tablets already built into their systems coming out of the box. <laughs> right. But you're, you're very correct in the, in the concerns. I'm, I hear these everywhere, and I think we don't have all the details yet, but we can make some good assumptions. I was actually at a uh, – I, I serve on a Georgia Chamber of Commerce committee dealing with entertainment and technology in our last one. We're talking about the most recent survey showing something like 20 to 30 percent of the children under one have interacted with tablets and iPhones are already swiping, tapping, et cetera. Uh, under two, they're, they're active on them already. And a very significant percentage of children have their own tablet or smartphone by the time they're four years old. So whether we think it's good or not, it's certainly becoming uh, the norm. Right. The opinion story doesn't matter because it's happening. <laughs> so deal <laughs> right. with it. Right, right. And I, I think enough parents have had kids going after their tablets that it's uh, that it's definitely a thing. Fine, have your own tablet. And 
Uh, my daughter Sage is only five months old, but she'll often be on my lap when I'm working on my main computer, and she is fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the lights or the fact that uh, Daddy's spending a lot, uh, more time looking at it at that moment than he is looking at her, which uh, oh, right. I'm sure raises the hackles on her little neck right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's uh, where all your focus is, and so then she's seeing it too and focusing. Plus, there the must be light. a reason for that. Now, if only that would work on everything else. <laughs> right. Right. But there's certainly a fascination with those devices. We've made them so they work very seamlessly with how humans have evolved. Our eyes rest easily on them. We interact with them physically very easily. So I think it's natural that infants would be attracted to them. I don't think Apple or Samsung or anyone else has designed it with that in mind, but it's a natural part of how they built these that they would be attracted to children. And children... Already, Sage loves to affect her environment. If she can do something, it makes her very happy. If something she does changes the world, she's delighted. And tapping a phone and something happens is an immediate response. So I think the attractiveness is going to be undeniable. Now, is that attractiveness good? Can we make them operate in positive ways? That's the next question. I find it so amazing just even when you talk about the simple interface and the fact that kids these young are using them. I When I first was, you know, learning about the iPad or the first few times hearing it, it seemed so strange to me to not have a keyboard or the yeah. mouse or these other input devices that we were used to. But they I want re- a control pad with X's and joysticks. <laughs> right. Because that's more natural. <laughs> right. But, that's human. But somehow that seemed more intuitive. But yeah. I mean, but these touch controls are super intuitive. I and mean, I think we've all maybe heard stories about like a kid going up to like a picture and like doing the spread their head, spread their uh fingers apart because they're trying to zoom in on something well well my five-year-old does that well he doesn't do it as often now but you know when um when he was a little bit younger with our television because he thought it was just like a big ipad so right. like for hulu he was just trying to tap the hulu you know icons it. that he wanted to watch his shows i'm like ah not really how it works but kids are using tablets kids have tvs in their room kids are using educational toys i mean there's whole lines from VTech. Uh, leap pad. Leap pad. Yep, leaps. I was going to leapfrog all their work. Exactly. They're, what are you seeing? I have friends who've made wonderful games for very young children to teach them to brush their teeth, and it's excellent. I mean, the science is definitive on it that children who play the game are better at brushing their teeth and have less cavities. So I think we're going to see more and more of these tools. Um, the games for health area in general is fascinating, and we're seeing this impact children at all ages. There are games like Remission, certainly the classic of the genre, where children who have childhood cancer and play this game are more likely to survive their cancer than children who don't. I've not heard of that game. What do they do? Oh, what Remission is wonderful. Remission is a great thing. Then uh, Hope Lab does did great work with this. I think they're on Remission two now. Okay. Uh, the the studies for it aren't toddler and infant age. They are more elementary school age. So I don't know if there are studies with remission showing it to a toddler level. Is it a game where like it's facts and stuff or, and facts? No, are... no, no. And that's one of the issues. I, I love the facts games to a degree, but the science behind them isn't as conclusive as it is for games where children actually take action, take direct physical action. Like brush up is great because the children actually have to brush their teeth uh, with a blue tube connector and do it to the music and do it to the game and uh, thus have a physical action tied to it. In remission, it is kind of a shooter-style game moving on through it, but children are, along the way, 
getting a better sense of what is happening to their bodies and how the chemotherapy impacts them, unless they have a better attitude about their chemo and are more likely to stick to the chemo regimen. So it's uh, that's fascinating, I and know. It, and it seems like as we were even saying before, they're so ubiquitous. I mean, and that kids are having access to them that the conversation isn't so much about using the tablets mm-hmm. or not, but it's about it's a software issue now. It's not the hardware. It's about what can they use. I agree with you. I've seen parents who definitely use a tablet as a babysitter for their toddlers. Right. And I don't necessarily, as someone who would love to sell them the games who would babysit their children, I have my concerns about that as well. But there are, there are certainly apps and, and software that are of value to children of that age. Uh, is everything on there of value? I think the jury is still out on that. And uh, I'm certainly one of those who will say that the amount of time you spend on anything should be in moderation, except for my game. My games are all to be played 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I think that the knee-jerk reaction we have to don't touch that is as misplaced as the reaction to, here, use this and leave me alone. Yeah, definitely the extremes. And so what are parents worried about? They're worried about sort of, I think, this idea of like zombie brain, of like kids not being able to think in an appropriate way. And not playing outside, not getting the physical side of things, you know? Right, right. And we certainly hear, uh, I mean, there are people who are concerned about actual impact on cognitive development, on eye strain, all these things that people used to say about me staring at my screen all the time. Do you wear glasses? I do, I, I do have a pair of glasses <laughs> that I never wear. I, am drive. I do eye exercises like mad, and I find that when I do those, the glasses can stay in a drawer. Oh, that's interesting. See, that's another uh, use for the – I'm guessing it's an app that you do your eye exercises <laughs> with. No, no, no. That's old school. Sit there and stare in weird directions. <laughs> use the eye muscles. This is that old Luddite stuff from way back when, before we just burned into the cornea and made your vision perfect for a year. <laughs> right. For a year. Right. Um, so well, do you have some more examples of some apps that you've seen really work? Uh, brush Up sounds fascinating too. I know I want to look at that. Uh, I think a part of it is that there are apps that parents and children can use effectively together. Now, this is one that's certainly too early for my daughter to use, but there's uh, one. Um, there are all these habit building, task building apps for improving one's own life. So uh, there's one called Seven Weeks that I'm a fan of, free, easy to use task app. Where, for instance, I'm trying to give my daughter tummy time because she really likes standing up already. Mm-hmm. So. I want to make sure that there's 30 minutes to an hour of tummy time a day minimum. So I've got an app to tell me, did I do that? Now, this is something that I don't want her using yet, but it's a simple X's and O's. So at some point, if there's some test, did you brush your teeth? I can see giving it to her and say, did you brush the teeth? Put the right symbol in. Yay. And, uh, And constantly track whether that's happened. And it'd be wonderful if parents always kept track of, did their child brush their teeth? Did their child wash their hands, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, far too many of us are too involved in our own lives. I mean, have a lot of things going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and therefore, these are as helpful for our children as they are for ourselves. Yeah, there are definitely some useful apps for the tracking. And yeah, in 100 years, when, when we're born with the tablets inside us, we can mm. track ourselves. <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, so one of the very first YouTube videos I played for my daughter, because apparently we lose the ability to distinguish tonalities in Mandarin, Putangwa. Uh, and so one of the very first YouTube videos I played for her was Chinese tones. 
how do you hear these tones? I have no idea if this will do any good whatsoever. I think the science on this is is completely zero. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just love the idea that she can hear people speaking in those tonalities that give me just an absolute fit. Yeah, I mean, so that's I hadn't even heard about that either. That's fascinating because you know, and, and Sonny's making a little bit of a face, so that we can't hear. They're literally because of the way that we've heard growing up, uh, Mandarin speakers, English speakers can't hear the same sounds. So there's oh. sounds that can't be made, can't oh. be heard. Oh, uh, am I getting that right? Or tones? Is that it? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, so when he, I say ni hao, people just look at me like, what? Because there's tones in there that we can't hear. Exactly. Exactly. So playing something like that for, I do have, I do have uh, Chinese friends, mainland Taiwanese, et cetera, but so much easier just pull up a YouTube video and say, here we go. <laughs> right. But I mean, so talking about the science being zero and sort of the blank slate, like, what do you think that we're about experimenting on children? It's, I mean, <laughs> It, to some extent, because you don't know, maybe it is frying our brain. I don't think it is. You don't think it is. a big part of my own blog. So my blog for parenting is RPG Dad. Okay. RPG does not stand for Rocket Propelled Grenade. It is a role-playing <laughs> game. I was a role-playing game designer first. And so much of childhood is so much like what we do in the games. One of the most important things in role-playing games is developing your character, leveling up, becoming stronger, faster, smarter, better. The $6 million character. Yeah, putting different attributes in different buckets that will make you sort of become the character that you will be. Exactly, exactly. So uh, the whole idea of how do we develop like that has been a, a wonderful idea to me. And I don't want to use my daughter as an experiment. There's a classic example from the 1800s. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. One of our great philosophers got raised this way. But his father essentially did raise him as an experiment for his educational techniques. And while his son was an incredible success, it also messed him up psycho psychologically <laughs> from what I've read. So I have no interest in doing that. But by the same token, if there are things that I believe are of value, I do want to bring them into life. So, for instance, uh, in a lot of MMO-type games, the foods you eat heal you. So one thing I've noticed people do when they're playing games where it's a healthy thing, healing you, vegetables and so on, I will hear people discussing in chat. They actually have a craving for carrots, whatever, that's actually healing them. On the other hand, often it's cakes and breads and so on. <laughs> right. So I've always been wondering about this. If this is incorporated into a game, is this something that will inspire that same sort of behavior? One of the things I would love to find out and try. So while I don't like to think of it as experimenting, for all new parents, pretty much every aspect of childhood is yeah, experimenting. Exactly. We, yeah, for sure. And I think that I bring that up is I think that that might be something that for a lot of parents that are hesitant to even – explore these avenues is they're just fearful of um, potential negative effects. Exactly. Exactly. My child is already smarter than I am. So I figure I can't go too wrong trying her out on some new things. <laughs> right. Maybe we need to try some on you. <laughs> John Stuart Mill. Oh, yes. this guy. Oh. <laughs> I see. I knew we'd blurt it. Yeah, we did. We blurted it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break. There's a ton still of ground to cover. Um, some resources, talks about limits, talks about there's even some apps that um, combine sort of real life play along with the apps. There's a lot of cool things. Uh, so let's take a quick break and then we come back. We'll pick the conversation back up with Andrew Greenberg. Welcome back, everybody, to Parent Savers. Today, we're talking about electronics, games, toys, and tablets, and how do they work? Can they work? Yes, I think the answer is. I, <laughs> yes, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of where the conversation is going, is they can, um, if used correctly and with the right sort of uh, 
perspective. And so we're joined by Andrew Greenberg. So thanks again, Andrew, for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Let's talk about resources because it's, you know, one of the hardest things I think is to actually find, okay, I have a tablet, I have a leap pad, you know, what should I be using on it? Have you come across any good resources for uh, what parents can use and what is worth considering? I've seen a number of fairly interesting ones, and I'm a big advocate of games for education. And I think we have seen these be very effective. For instance, the only reason why pretty much anybody our age knows anything about westward expansion is because they played Oregon Trail back when they were in elementary school. <laughs> right. You might remember it's dysentery, but at least they know that. Yep. Do you remember that game, Sonny? No, actually, I don't. Yeah, we played on the Apple. T- I totally remember that. You know, really? School. Yeah, and it was a sort of you are journeying across the West. And I mean, to his point, it really sort of drove the point home about Westward expansion. Ah, and again, it is doing those activities. It's not reciting facts. Right. It's yeah. The joke in the Games for Health uh, community about the catch the fruit games, where you've got an avatar that tries to, <laughs> and you've got food's raining down on it. Yeah. And you gain points when you catch fruit and lose points when you catch pizza, whatever. <laughs> you don't really learn that way. You learn by actually doing the activities that matter and have a direct relevance. And those are the things I love to look for. And it's very interesting. Right now, most of what I've seen are essentially following the traditional models of children's education, but just putting them on the iPad. Um, I've seen flashcards. That's a very common one. I've seen yep. sing-alongs, uh, and I love the idea of sing-alongs. My daughter loves any kind of, of music already. So having music playing for where she'll try to make sounds along with are, are wonderful already. There, there are, uh, I know I've seen apps to show you shapes. You talk about uh, various leap tools. They've mm-hmm. got all those yep. sorts of things. But I want things that take advantage more of uh, the specific technology that's in front of you. I'll give you an example. I have a friend in San Francisco who's working on games specifically to treat ADHD uh, for children to actually work on their focus. And to be honest, I've had kids, I know kids who have been diagnosed ADHD and they can tell me everything about every single Pokemon character ever created. Mm-hmm. So they can concentrate on something, but they're games specifically to help with, uh, with ADHD. I've seen it for autistic children. There are games to teach them to cross the street. For many autistic children, it's more easy for them to interact with and learn from a computer than from a person. So how can families find these games? It's, it's tricky right now. I think that the landscape is – the App Store is not necessarily a reliable discovery device. Uh, I agree with you. When I first started looking at these myself, there are a number of apps out there that are targeted infants, and most of them look like the catch-the-fruit thing I was talking about. Yeah. They're either just slapping traditional old things on uh, an iPad, in which case I'd rather they actually played with the physical shape. Right. Or they're not taking a, they're not doing anything to make a difference. So what I've been looking for are titles that take some advantage of the technology and do something that wouldn't happen outside yeah. of, of that machine. So as I said, my daughter's five months. So some of the ones I've seen, I haven't gotten to try out yet. Yeah. Well, so I've seen... Like common sense media is a resource, not necessarily perfect, but they certainly are trying to look at things and of wide range of entertainment, including games and apps, but also they go into movies and other things. I've seen that uh, there's a website called Tech with Kids. Ginny uh, Goodmanson uh, does a great job of, I think, looking at some different apps um, and again, trying to classify them into different age groups. Uh, but it's, it can be tricky to find these. The app store certainly has recommendations, but, 
Um, there are as a, as a game designer who's looking to put titles up there. Yeah, I know how you get titles recommended. It has nothing really to do about the quality. No, exactly no. right. And I think that there's sort of an implicit understanding with that with parents. But it's if you don't know what to what to look for, then you end up loading up maybe you'll end up with those on your ipad right i end up i usually just google and just make sure the word app is in there whatever i'm trying to look for right i just google it and hope you just end up with so much that way yeah so it's uh, hard to dig through yeah one i found there's something called ducky deck which i was impressed by i have not tried this one yet it's definitely made for someone a little older than my uh, daughter but it really seems to be taking advantage of the unique attributes of ios devices and allowing a child to go deeper than than just figure out what shapes are what, put the square in the square space, et cetera. Yeah, we've actually reviewed a couple of their their apps. Um, oh, really? Yeah, That's, we have. Well, you tell me then, how do they work? Well, I don't have them on my – I was looking to see if I still had them on my phone because those are some of my f- kids' favorites. Do you remember what they're actually called? Because they have a few different apps, the Ducky Deck um, people, I think. I just looked through the general Ducky Deck. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I should actually be pulling yeah. these things up while I'm talking about them since I am in front of a – a device, and we're talking about device. <laughs> right. Yeah, Ducky Deck. I, yeah, yeah they, well, they have the, their hygiene. Well, I think the ones, if it's the one I'm thinking about, they're different types of hygiene type apps. Um, and it was funny because um, we actually just earlier today on a, another show we recorded, we uh, did an app review for Brush Up, which you guys are talking oh, about. Oh, no way. Yes, we did. It's on my phone right now. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and that's a great app too. Um, and yeah, my kids um, really like the Ducky Deck stuff too. There's one uh, I'm going to – they're on – actually, if you go to newmommymedia.com and, and look under the, our app reviews, you'll see them. But there's one that helps you um, cut your nails or like learn how to you, – you're not actually cutting your nails, but you're like – you're moving the hand up and you're washing hands and you're cutting nails. And um, there's another one. Oh, I think it, it might be – oh, it might be a toothbrushing thing as well, but a little bit different than the brush-up one. So anyways, so it's hygiene. It's I, hygiene kind of I stuff. I think on Parent Savers, we need to build out even another seg- – uh, our app segment even more. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, it, as a place to go to find these useful apps. I think so too. And this is what I push. Exactly the, one, the style you're talking about where it's not just here's the fact. You should know that right. here's the symbol. It's do the activity. Yes. So there is another type of app that I think has sort of emerged over the past year or so. And those are the, they sort of combine apps with real life play. There's a product called Osmo and it uses the camera um, and you can manipulate uh, shapes. Um, there's a product called Tigly, which uh, is sort of the same thing. Real life toys that are able to interact with the tablets. Um, have you had any experience with those, Andrew? I've definitely checked out Osmo and we've got plenty of those styles of games in the older gamer space so i was a uh, early designer of what were called larps live action role-playing games and we began including computer assistance to that as soon as we could and now all sorts of people have incorporated apps to go along with that there's a lot of uh, people who are working in both augmented reality and uh, um, args in general augmented reality and uh, and augmented reality is uh you know those types of where you might be inserting Either something you did into like your surroundings, like using the camera, or maybe vice versa. Right, right. Alternate reality games, augmented reality games, yep. uh, and basically trying to involve your device with what is going on around you. Right. What I find really interesting, though, is there seems to be an implicit and 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 it was like this when 
apps really were blowing up that just having the word educational in it sort of right. made parents trust it. And that's why there's hundreds of thousands of quote unquote educational apps now. But I think that even you were mentioning about like shape manipulation and you'd rather that your daughter would just do that in real life. I think there's a, a sort of implicit acceptance uh, if there is a real life component. I think that's a trend that I'm sort of seeing that parents are more open to embracing an app if it does involve real life play. And we've seen that also in the toy industry in general. Uh, we've uh, the, the stuffed animals uh, have the uh, characters online. Skylander is a beautiful example of how that's happening now for play. And I think that's also a big uh, assistance for education and development. Yep. And I think that the apps can be effective in that way the, as an assist toward uh, the actual hand-eye coordination you have to learn. Taking the conversation a little bit of a different way, something you kind of touched on earlier, but what are your thoughts on limits and appropriate limits, especially None at all when it involves my games. <laughs> right, <laughs> no exactly. Limit. That's your your policy is uh, not when it involves your games. That's right. But uh, I mean, and and what are you limiting? Is watching Netflix the same as playing a game? Do you separate them? Is it any screen time? Uh, all this activity seems to be lumped together as screen time, and I'm not sure if that's still the case or if we're able to sort of split that up but it's such a young sort of industry and space with especially with these tablet games that the excuse you hear a lot is well there's just not enough research and i think you hit a a very important point on this which is that screen time not all screen time is equal right so uh, i have friends who plants versus zombies i know a lot of very young children who love playing plants versus zombies already and it's and and that game for those you haven't heard it might might sound like you know, what a waste of time, but there's actually a lot of thinking My son and strategy that, that goes into that one. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of puzzle solving involved in yeah. it. Is it a four to six hour thing for them to be doing? Right. Uh, I'm fortunate that my daughter's at the age where my computer fascinates her for a while, but pretty soon she's up there grabbing my nose and <laughs> backing around and looking for something else to do. It's not going to hold her attention forever. That Children, however, do love repetition. So at one point they do want to do these activities over and over again. Same thing, create that comfort level of creating context within their own internal universe. So it's good to have the repetition for them. Is this the repetition you want them to have? So for me, again, it is the question of what is happening with this tool and is there a better way to achieve that? Yeah. I do want my daughter to get that hand-eye coordination and the physical feel of what the symbols mean, of what a block means. The actual physical construction. I love Minecraft, but I also want there to be a physical construction going on with traditional blocks. Right. And speaking of Minecraft, I think that it's probably worth mentioning. Minecraft is very ubiquitous. Um, and I know that it's really it's for older kids to master, but there is Minecraft Pocket Edition. And, you know, in my situation with three boys, eight, six and four, the four year olds introduced to it through his older brothers. Now, when our oldest was four, he wasn't playing Minecraft. Right. But now the four-year-old is certainly part of it. But Minecraft's an interesting example and another game that maybe people have heard of but don't fully understand. But it's sort of a combination of Legos, survival, with uh, some exploding zombie creepers. and But really, like, if you play the game, the first thing you're doing is sort of building shelter and you're sort of taking care of needs. But then there's creative mode where kids can just kind of go and build whatever they want. So for us personally, we um, – we really enjoy uh, Minecraft and like let our kids play it. But then there certainly is a point where a little bit is too much. What are your thoughts on Minecraft, Andrew? And you also left out another important area, which is the social component to it. 
True. And I'm a big fan of how Minecraft allows people to build and destroy together. Yeah. Uh, it is a wonderful early introduction to social interaction on a computer because it is a you can set up very contained environments in which siblings or friends can play together and learn how people tend to behave in virtual realities and then start allowing them to expand out to to better known servers where they can join for a short bit and see how uh, how people act there. Part of the educational benefit, I, I used to joke that with Minecraft we were raising an entire generation of IT technicians because every kid I knew wanted to build their own server as soon as possible. <laughs> and you see how you get a four-year-old, that's a late bloomer. I know three-year-olds and I've heard of two-year-olds building consciously in Minecraft. It's fascinating. So... Because there is a, there is an element of the game where it's creative and like it's almost like you can build with whatever materials you want, whatever you want. Right. Exactly. So I do want a child to have that experience. There, there are ways to build in Minecraft you're not going to experience in the real in in the physical in meat space. Let's use that term. And they can't do it in meat space, but <laughs> uh, but by the same token, I do want them to experience building with blocks in meat space. Now another cool thing with the Minecraft is they can build a building. We can export it into a, what is it, SDL file, STL file, I'm trying to remember. And then we can take it to a 3D printer and they can print out whatever building they've done in, uh, in Minecraft. Oh, geez, that's a whole, that's a whole oh, other level. Oh, boy, wow. That's another episode, Andrew. <laughs> yes, we got it. Is. <laughs> but so, I mean, so we've co- we definitely, I think, have covered a lot of ground, yeah. I think, in talking about electronic toys and tablets. And have sort of, I think, distilled a little bit the hardware versus the software and making smart software choices and educational choices and looking at some places to go. But I think to sort of, I think, wrap it up, let's take a look. What do you think the key takeaway is regarding the state of electronic games, toys and apps and what they're doing for kids and what they can do? That there is a definite place for them in a child's life and in a child's development, and it can have an effective role, and there's a lot of time-wasting junk out there as well. Right. And it's not for the child to determine what they are, though I think a lot of children will tell you pretty quickly, I'm sick of this catch-the-fruit game. But (laughs) there is a strong role for the parents, and the real beauty, which we barely touched on, is the idea of intergenerational play. And this is something I've been a proponent of for... uh, several decades now, the idea of parents, children, grandparents all playing together as one of the most effective ways to build strong families, especially when they're separated by physical location, divorce, and whatever. And this is one of the things I would encourage parents to try out if they're suffering through any of those situations. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will continue this conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club after uh, we wrap things up with our bonus content. So stay tuned for that if you're a member of the club. For more information about our club and how to join, visit the member portion of our website. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kevin in Mississippi is a listener that needs some help. He wrote to us and said, My four-year-old has slept in his own room in his own bed since he was six months. He 
had a nightmare one night, and now he will scream and cry just to have one of us sleep with him. And even if I leave after he falls asleep, he'll wake up a half hour later and just start screaming for me. I asked him why he was crying, and he said he just wanted someone to sleep with him. I don't know if I should just let him cry or should I continue sleeping with him. Please help. That's what Kevin wrote, and I can sympathize with that problem for sure. Hi, Kevin. I am Susie Walton from the Joy of Parenting course and Indigo Village. In deciding how to handle this solution as it is in handling many solutions when it comes to parenting, your guideline is going to be, am I doing something because I feel sorry for my child or I want to, I feel like he needs me or I need to rescue him? Or are you doing it to support your child? And because in this instance, because you needed some sleep. So there isn't a right answer for here. The right answer is the one that works for you. If you're okay with him starting off in his bed and if he wakes up at night, he comes in your room and he gets into your bed, if that works for you, then let it happen. Or let's say you can't sleep when he's in your bed with you. You might make a bed on the floor next to your bed at night and say, listen, if you wake up tonight and you feel like you need to be with me, you can come in and you can lay right here on the floor. Your bed will all be ready for you. And you can always have him start off in his room and have him come to your room if he wakes up. If you don't feel like that works, then, you know, you can say, you know, if you wake up, I'm just going to take you back to your room because I'm in the house. There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm here to, to take care of you. Now, if he wants you to fall asleep with him at night before he goes to bed, you know, that's okay, too, if it's okay for you. If you can fall asleep and you get, like, two hours of nap, sleep time in, and then you go to your own bed. So you can see that I'm not going to give you a, a definitive answer. My answer to you is what's going to provide you a good night's sleep? And what helps you feel best about your child? I did the family bed with my four sons because I could sleep, their dad could sleep, and it just made it easier. Some people can't do that. So you're going to decide what's best for you. If you want them to sleep with you, that's fine as long as you can sleep. If you want them to start in his bed first, and then if he wakes up, he can come into your room. That's what a lot of parents do and be okay with that. So I hope this helps out. And just to know, this too shall pass. That's what my mother always told me. I'm one of ten kids. Let me know how it goes. Call in, give us a comment, and I can give you some other ideas if this doesn't work. Okay, Kevin? Thanks for being a most amazing dad and for taking the time to call in with this question. That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. We covered a ton of ground electronic games, toys, and tablets. We appreciate you listening to us, but don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeeds, Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples, and Newbies for those going through it for the first time. This is Parent Savers, empowering new, new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.